0: Welcome to the Lodge Real Estate Home Truths Podcast. Join us as we speak the truth about home ownership, the housing market, and the place we call home, Hamilton. Come on in and make yourself comfortable. Thanks for listening in to Home Truths. I'm your host, Kevin Walker, Marketing Manager here at Lodge Real Estate. Today, we're discussing something outside the home, the garden and you may be wondering why a real estate agency is doing a podcast about gardening and it's partially because it's a favourite pastime of mine but mainly because the garden can have quite an influence when it comes to buying or selling a home and living in said home. Of course I'm hardly qualified to talk about either gardening or real estate so my guest today is John Gavin, Residential Sales Consultant and Lodges Resident Green Thumb. Welcome John, thanks for coming along today.
1: Thank you Kevin. Of uh Really thank you very much for the invite. Love yeah, talking about my garden.
0: No problem. Yeah, I bet you do. You'd be uh, quite proud of it, I bet. You've uh, sent me some pictures of it and it's uh, yeah, quite a tight little uh, space you've got going on there. Um, so John, what makes you you know qualified to talk about gardening and real estate if you uh, don't mind me asking?
1: Yeah, well my parents originally they had an old quarter acre section in Ellerslie in Auckland years ago and of course they had a wide range of Uh, trees and shrubs that they grew on that quarter acre, especially uh, camellias, Uh, but they also had a big orchard which had lots and lots of fruit trees in it Um, so of course growing up we all saw different years of different colours and different fruit trees and all sorts of things and that's helped me with uh, my love of gardening going on Uh, for real estate this is my coming up 23rd year so I sort of feel that I've um, been around real estate for a long time in the Hamilton market and seen the highs and lows.
0: Yeah right yeah 23 years is um, a definite stint and you're uh, certainly a legend around um, the lodge uh, workplace um, at the very least if not the whole uh, the whole industry down here. Um, yeah quarter acre section in analysis um, that would have been a dream back in the day and probably a dream for a lot of people now to have a quarter acre in analysis probably <laughs> pretty pretty rare nowadays.
1: Yeah hardly see those big sections anymore and of course um, if you went to Mum's place now, it's uh, got three big townhouses on it, um, and unfortunately, yep, most of that big orchard's gone. Uh, but that's t- today's development.
0: Yeah, well, that's right. you yeah, they need to make uh, more houses. So I guess that's uh, yeah the necessary uh, evil, or what are you going to call it? It's uh, got to be a good thing. More places for people to live, right? So, yep. but uh, unfortunately, yeah, get rid of that uh, big gun, and you know, which is a shame. Um, never mind. Let's um, now here you got a bit of a prize to offer everyone today.
1: Yeah, so I've been over to see the boys at uh, Dalton's uh, over at Matter Matter, and um, they've given us uh, a prize today of a big uh, bag of lawn patching gold and a bag of fertiliser to give away. So we thought that we might uh, make up a bit of an answer quiz or a competition Mm. towards the end, and um, listeners can be in in for that opportunity.
0: Yeah, I think we'll, um, yeah, cheers for that, Dalton. Um, I think what we'll do is, yeah, if you want to win this Dalton's prize pack, I think. Um, we'll uh, get you to listen in and answer uh, what is John's lie and we'll put something on the podcast page for that. Um, So yeah talking about uh, that segues us into our normal feature two truths and a lie Um, where our guest gives us three statements two of which are true and one a complete fib. Um, So what are your three statements John? So my three statements are strawberry plants can still produce
1: fruit in April A well-maintained garden is your best first impression,
0: and a nice garden
1: will add value to your property.
0: Hmm, interesting. I can't even grow strawberries in uh, December, so (laughs) uh, I'll be interested to see if you've got some in April. Um, uh, But we'll check in with you later, to see uh, which of those is actually the lie, Um, and at home remember to take note if you're entering our prize draw. Okay, let's talk about gardening in Hamilton. So people thinking of buying here know what to expect. Um, I mean... I know Christchurch has the Garden City label, um, but Hamilton surely deserves that, Monica, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think with the uh, Hamilton Gardens, are just a classic, you know, they're world renowned, um, fantastic, um, they're great for our visitors that come in annually, but they're also great for our own community to walk around and enjoy, um, great place for the kids to run, and a great place for people just to take that blanket and sit on the bank
0: and enjoy it. Mm, there's certainly a lot of um, you know, great events they have down at the gardens, the um, Arts Festival, and the, um, they have the Gordoman in the gardens uh, on Sunday sometimes down there in the Rhododendron lawn. Yep. Uh, yeah, just a great place to get inspiration as well for your own garden, I guess, if you're, if you're uh, looking at that. And, uh, you know, Hamilton is, uh, is a property market with, you know, we've got a lot of uh, large sections, like, you know, quite a few, you know, they're getting rarer, just like your uh, Ellerslie half-quarter uh, acre, but there are a few large, a lot of large sections around here, lots of sort of gully uh you know around Dinsdale uh where I used to live in Dinsdale we had a nice big gully that we could uh, sort of plant out and it was a bit of a shady one and you know unfortunately but you know you can make a nice shade garden out of yep um you know and that's your Dinsdale but there's gullies all over the place which kind well, of makes it the back nice back
1: of uh, Glenview and through the back of Malva, mm. you know they're quite deep so yeah. you know people might look at um, how to retain in the back of those gullies and mm. looking for plants that might be in those other gardens or other valleys or gullies just to see what else they could plant themselves
0: Mm, yeah that's right and even the um you know just the the council does quite a good job here of um really making roundabouts and traffic islands even a beautiful thing with the plantings that they have and all that sort of stuff so um yeah if you're if you're definitely a gardening fan i think hamilton's got a lot to offer you um as well as you know out of town there's the taitua um, Arboretum or however you say that word, um, <laughs> just out the back of uh, Tills look out there. So it's a nice walk um, out there, and that's again another nice little farm park that you can take the kids and there's chickens and yep. um, whatever else. And of course you've got the river as well, which has um, lots of gardening opportunities. And yeah, just within you know, half an hour of Hamilton, there's plenty of bush and native flora to enjoy. We're quite often
1: fine with even going out there that a lot of people park um, up the top of Melva. Mm. so in dinsdale you've got melvis street up the top and the walk actually starts from there yes yes so right up and along you're walking on the top of wallace road so great mm. views looking all the way and look out towards the temple and then down to the arboretum and then do a bit of a loop
0: yeah that's right yeah very popular for a lot of people yeah that was a, a favorite of mine and uh, my little girls when we used to walk her up there in the pram uh with the cows there and everything um yeah so okay let's talk about you know what's good to plant here in Hamilton, anything in particular, or we're we pretty full um, brush, aren't we? Here, yeah,
1: yeah I, I thought that we pretty much can grow everything, everything grows pretty well. Um, you know, we are seeing a change in our climate now, where you know, we've had a bit of wind the last weekend, and you've got the leaves starting to drop off your trees, um, but then you've got it's still fairly warm. Um, so I think you know, looking for this summer or season coming up, you know, you've pretty much got. You might get a little bit more of April that's fairly warm. Um, I actually noticed in the garden the other day that the bulbs are starting to come up. So your things like your daffodils and your iris and all those sorts of things are starting to come up where the summery stuff is now starting to drop off and finish and and go. But um, I think we have a fairly seasonal client. I think, you know, when we do get a really cold period then uh, most gardeners might use something to cover up. Mm. But... Um, most of the good garden centres around stock what's uh, what's available, and if if you um, if you've got a landscape plan and you've got something on it, they might suggest something that's they don't think's the right thing to plant here. And you could plant it maybe in Auckland, or you could plant it at the coast, hmm. but not necessarily within Hamilton. But we've got a pretty good all-round climate.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think there's definitely um, you know there's days like you know they say in can you have four seasons in one day we get those days here every now and then but there's also definitely days that uh, it's definitely winter um or it's definitely spring or if it's uh, definitely autumn where it's uh, you know um cold and um you know freezing cold on a certain day um and it can be in the middle of autumn i think with the summer we've had this year i think it's uh, you can't really blame the bulbs for coming up in autumn instead of <laughs> spring they probably think it's spring now with the amount of uh, you know rain and moisture we have had so um, yeah, it's definitely um, a challenge in that respect. Um, and I guess, yeah, we're going in, we're in April now. Um, you know, yeah, what are the What any other challenges living in Hamilton does, you know, as far as the garden goes? I mean, yeah, we have that. Uh, we're going into, yeah, winter now, I guess. Um, so we've got frosts coming up. Potentially, across, even though it's been fairly mild the last couple, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, we've we've started to notice. I always say to people that um, if you have a look at the night sky the night before. Um, so I've got a I've got a young uh, avocado tree in my front yard that I think's mm-hmm. come from a seed. Um, so it's become my prized possession in the front yard. <laughs> yeah, well they'll be worth um, a bit in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like I, each night now, I have a look about nine o'clock if the sky is really clear mm. and you can feel the temperature dropping. Um, you can buy a product called uh, frost cloth. Yep. Um, apparently, it used to be lining within um, clothing. Yep. They now sell it as a protection for plants. Right. Okay. Yeah. And um, you just give it a bit of a wrap up at night and put a couple of clothes pegs on it, and then get up in the morning and just take it off, and it'll just stop that mm. uh, frost landing on the leaves and burning them. Yeah. So um, this time of the year, you're probably protecting anything that's precious that you might have put in through the summer. Um, there's been a real uh, trend this year to go tropical. Uh, the problem with tropical is tropical is normally at the beach. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. In <laughs> Hamilton. So, you know, I'd normally say to people if you put in some lilies or something that's quite soft, then they're the sorts of things you're going to need to protect through through the winter period to get into the summer period and you're back up and running again.
0: Yeah, and just when they're quite young as well, I think you need to uh, keep that protection going. You know, our young trees and that obviously, yeah, uh, they take a hit with the frost. They can. Uh, hard to recover from that, you know, yep. and yeah, I know you're exactly right. You can feel it uh, in the air when the night before if it, you know, you're outside, uh, you look up and it's clear night, you can feel that sort of cold drop, um, you know, and yes, no, yeah, there's definitely gonna be a frost tomorrow. So yeah, maybe not at nine o'clock at night. Yeah, maybe <laughs> trying to wake up your neighbors when you're wrapping all your trees up in that. But um, yeah, you can certainly feel that frost um, when it's coming up. But it's only a couple times a year. I think like last yep. year, we may have had two frosts, right? Yeah, sometimes it's fine, you get a run.
1: Like the other night, I rapped and um, we didn't get the frost, but we Mm. got the
0: fog. Yes, that's right. So it was still that dewy, wet. That's um, right, yeah, it's the other thing, isn't it? The fog um, comes in and hangs around until about midday. So your plants, obviously, uh, yeah, in that sort of misty atmosphere aren't going to be faring too well all the time. Um, And then, you know, obviously we've got winter, it's, you know, we follow into spring. We get a lot of rain here in spring um yeah i don't think uh too you know it's it's i wouldn't say it's too problematic but it's definitely a you know wet season we, um, yeah this year we really experienced the
1: wet early yeah. on i think everybody really struggled um and i always say to people with the gardening in the summer or let's say, October to December, that everybody... I know everybody says that Labor Weekend's the time to put your tomatoes in and put your beans in and all those sorts of things, but I think I've found the last couple of seasons that I'm now November.
0: Mm. And, yeah.
1: of course, it depends if you're going away. If you're going on holiday, well, do you want to put them in before Christmas or do you want to wait till you have your holiday and then put them in after Christmas? And, and this year's been a classic where if you'd probably put stuff in after December, after you have been on holiday... Um, I think I picked my last tomato yesterday. Mm. So I've been able to get, you know, four months of tomato growing where normally you'd have, your tomatoes would have voluntarily been finished by now.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've got a tomato plant uh, growing in my backyard at the moment and, uh yeah, they're getting a bit red. So hopefully there's enough uh, juice left in the sun to, you know, get them ripening up. Um, I think a bit of nutrient uh, help as well uh, goes a long way. Um, and that was one of your garden plants I think you uh, one of your tomato plants you gave me John one time um, yeah so um, and then so let's move on to summer you've got the obvious uh, I think the main problem in summer with Hamilton aside from this summer has been you know it's quite dry and you get uh, obviously lawn uh, lawn issues uh, you know browning off and that sort of thing yeah so so especially
1: with your lawns you want to you know try and keep your moisture up as much as you can um, and I quite often um, if I uh, had a bit of a clean up in the garden, you know. I've got a, tipped out some of my old pots and stuff like that. Well, that soil, if I'm not going to reuse it, actually goes on my lawn because uh, it's still full of little mm. nutrients and bits and pieces. And I might spread it over my lawn, yeah. Um, especially where you might have had the pool. Yes, you yeah. had the swimming pool up, and you pull the pool back up after the summer, and oh, there's no grass there. Yes. So um, here's your chance to um, rake it over, um, put some patch and gold in give it some fertiliser and, and give it a good drink and, and, you know, there comes back your grass for the next year before you put the pool back.
0: Yeah, yeah, before you kill it the next year <laughs> when you come around. Yeah, that's I think One of our uh, other agents, Hamish Gordon, has that, uh, you know, he just says, oh, just let your lawn go brown, you know. <laughs> It'll come back. And it's like, yeah, I guess most of the time it does and, you know, you kind of want to save water in, in some respects and, yeah sometimes you are not you're not allowed to use your water, you know. You get the water restrictions and that. So, yeah. Um, you might have a good point, but yes, um, I try not to put the pool on the on the uh, lawn. I uh, the trampoline has taken up a bit of real estate though on the lawn, so that's, yeah, and that kind of uh, doesn't lead too much, uh, to a very uh, nice lawn either. So,
1: well, I've, I've generally found that in the summer, especially in your garden, what you're trying to do is you're trying to keep as much moisture as you can um, on top of your soil, so that doesn't leach as much out on your hot days. Um, and that might be in the form of um, you know, grass clippings or your, your mulch that you've made through the year or your compost heap that you've got. It just gives you a chance to spread all that sort of over the top of it. Um, if you've got friends in the horse or dairy mm-hmm. um, uh, around us, around in Hamilton, yeah. you know, knock on their doors, they're always looking to offload. Um, horse manure nowadays normally comes with sawdust. Yeah, which um, is great. It's a great product, so you can mix that in the next year. Um, the only problem you run into with horses is um, weeds. Right. Yeah. Because so normally um, with the with the horses comes the weeds. Um, so you've just got to be a little bit um, clever, I suppose, making sure that when they pop up in your garden that you take them out as quickly as, yeah, as you right. see them appear. Yeah. Um, but if you can get as much of that uh, product in and or on top. Um, that's where you get autumn leaves from the, that mm. are dropping now in the garden. Yes, um, and your neighbours, if you pile them all up and put them in the corner, that's your mulch for next year.
0: Yeah, so. that's right, and that's yeah, you know, that's the autumn in Hamilton. That's um, a leafy city. There's plenty of trees around, and uh, yeah, I used to we just have the trees would just drop so much uh, leaves on our. On our section, it was unbelievable until the neighbour cut them down. <laughs> I'm kind of kind of glad he did, because um, it's opened up a bit of light. Um, and yeah, I don't have uh, tons of leaves. You know, I think it was an old oh, big gardenia tree or something. It was quite uh, dropped quite a lot of leaves. Um, and then yeah, so you obviously need to yeah, that's great for mulching. You know, mulching down get a leaf that leaf litter and that. Um, obviously, a bit of work on your Sunday morning when you got get the rake out and have to do it all. But um, yep. uh, it's uh, you know it's a bit of a money saver there if you you know so you don't buy your compost and that sort of thing.
1: Well, if you um, you know if you if you're getting really serious into your garden, you know you might make up a couple of wooden boxes in the back corner, um, and you might make you might put all your leaves in there, and you put um, bits and bobs. And, you know you've got to cut all your cuttings down so that they all mulch down. But you generally finish up with a good mulch by the time you get through to the next winter, and you, it's normally full of worms. Mm. Um, so you're putting both good lots of things back onto your garden.
0: Yes, right. Yeah, yeah, and um, I guess another type of thing that's a bit of a problem. doesn't now at the moment is your weeds uh, coming through. But I mean, I think that happens most seasons, doesn't it? Except winter, like the weeds always grow. Um, well, how do you tackle your weed situation?
1: Um, well, depending where they are, I've got quite a good little three pronged uh, fork. So when yeah. I'm in my vegetable garden, and I was in there yesterday um, having a tidy up because I put silver beet in for the winter. So good all round plant that grows well um and you know the price of it in the shops is yep, mm. standing. so yeah. you can be picking it out of your garden best place yeah. to be uh but yeah i've got a little 3 prong fork um that pretty much runs through it and lifts everything out and then of course you've got to get out your hands or your gloves and mm. and pick them out um the harder weeds um, I've got a little knife, a little gardening knife, so it's not sharp enough to mm. do damage, but um, that's quite good, and it just lifts and cuts through the cobbles. Um, you know, you've still got your products like Roundup or Weed Out and things like that if you're mm. going to need to spray, but of course you're always conscious about your animals around. Yes. Um, there's lots of um, quite good little recipes on the, on the internet as far as, you know, mixing up soap suds and vinegar and... Mm. all those sorts of things I find they're short termed yes yeah, yeah products you know they'll do the do the do it quickly for a little while but um, yeah I think either if they're in the garden use your, use your little gardening forks pull them out pull from them the, out. Uh, yeah. from the
0: from the root yeah um, yeah I find that's you know if I'm working the beds I'm always using you know the hoe or the actually digging out the uh, weeds uh, on my patio I tend to spray the patio simply because it's one of the more difficult areas to get the actual weeds out and I've got a huge backyard patio back patio which <laughs> would take me forever trying to and I'd probably torch my fingers um, trying to pull those out and um, so yeah I do yeah weed spray and then pull them out once they've you know, died it makes it a bit easier I think is the, uh, the way around that for me because uh, you don't want to use spray all the time for obviously for um, pets and runoff and yeah. nutrient uh, burn and all that sort of stuff as well I'm
1: always concerned my dog might look at um, and, mm. you know the local cats in the neighborhood or anything like that so you know you might just spot spray the worst ones mm. and then sort of try and pull the rest of them out if you can um, there used to be a couple of products that Yates used to put out a few years ago, but I'll see they've gone from the market. So mm. obviously they weren't pet friendly.
0: No, that's right. I think, yeah, they get a bit more organic, I think. And, then, and there's obviously organic options too. Um, yeah, and okay, so we're coming into winter. What's, you know, what's the jobs you're doing in your garden? What are you planting? You're saying you're planting some uh, silver beet? Yeah, so
1: I, I tend with my garden through the winter because I love my vegetable garden so much. And, you know, my tomatoes have finished. Um, my beans, I've pulled, tidied up on my beans so generally I'm now, um, I don't put a lot in in the winter but I do love putting in my silver beet, and I enjoy it just as much as growing it, as giving it away um, so I've already put in, um, I'd say probably, say 10 to 15 plants and I'm just about ready to probably put in another lot so I've got two lots going at different times um, so as one lot might finish, the other lot comes on um, but then my rest of my garden beds now I've uh, just uh, tidied up my strawberries, so I actually um, picked three strawberries today between me and the birds. Uh, the birds had half, <laughs> and I had the other half. And um, but the plants now with strawberry plants are now pretty much finished. So your the job now with your strawberries for next year is to tidy them up um, and decide where you are going to put them next year and. So what I've done with mine is I've planted in some new beds, a bigger bed, and I've given them a good clip-up, a good trim-up, and I've fertilised them because those plants have produced strawberries all season for you and now they're tired and hungry. Um, and just really just tidying up around mm. the rest of the veg to garden.
0: Yeah, I think the thing with strawberries is everyone goes out on Labor weekend or, and... Um, their plants and plants them and then they get one run out of them for you know that season and then they kind of go oh well that's that done and they think oh I've just <laughs> then come to the next day it's like I oh, just I spent 30 bucks buying all these plants and I probably got two punnets off them um, I could have just bought, paid three bucks a punnet during summer at the supermarket but I think that's the thing with gardening is you need to sort of uh, stick at it and use the uh, you know get those year by on year gains you know from something like strawberries especially you know they're uh, they put their runners out. And that, that's right, hey? And you yep. usually, you, you know, you plonk your runners and or chop, chop your runners and plonk part the uh, plant the bud, yep. or whatever it is, into the ground. And that's kind of how you get your 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 returns, I guess, on your investment. Um, so that's your next year's plant. Yeah, that's you know, right. So so you you always used to
1: say to yourself that your strawberry plants generally last two years. Hmm. Um, the commercial grow, of course, if you drive past the road, they've already pulled theirs out because they've done done the best out of what they've gone they're happy to put them back in again next year but us home gardeners mm. we want another season so that yep that runner that you've you've put into the next space that's year one yeah and then we'll have year two and then that'll be year two and then so forth and so on and that'll keep your garden going for a long time
0: yeah and that's the thing yeah you don't want to you want to be uh, sort of yeah, getting the most out of your plants not just yeah take them and, <laughs> bind them pull them up or, yeah, get a few strawberries off of them give, give the birds a few as well pull them up and you've, you know, before you know, you've spent, yeah, you've spent more money than you've probably uh, got out of it. Um, okay, and so what's, let's just go with a few tips, you know, what's what's your top tips? Do you have three tips that you could give people? Yeah,
1: the three tips I'll give people is, um, you know, when you're starting off your garden fresh, you know, you've um, got yourself a bit of dirt, but you haven't actually put anything in it, or you might decide you're going to put a planter box around it, and that, I always think that you should dig out some of that old... Soil that you've got there and put it to one side. Um, I still think that um, we don't have enough worms in our garden so I always think. Um, and finding newspaper today today is a bit of a rarity, but um, if you can grab some newspaper and a good bag of lime, now if you put that in as your base, put so put the newspaper in the bottom and then put the lime in, and then work your way back up. You know, go and buy some. Um, I quite often will go down to one of the landscaping guys and buy some mushroom compost, which I quite like. It's a fibre, mm-hmm. um, and it mixes in good with your soil, um, so that'll just act as a bit of a bit of a thickener, I suppose, to your current ground and soil, um, and then layer it back up so that you've got sort of a good amount of soil in that box, um, and then you're away laughing. And that way, when you do feed, um, the lime's already in the ground and it acts as a bit of a base for you. Um, look I can't say enough about feed 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 (laughs) Um, we ask our plants to do so much our flowering plants we ask them to produce flowers and when it comes to our vegetable plants we ask them to produce potatoes and beans and tomatoes and all those sorts of things Um, and people are starting to talk about their citrus trees about uh, how much citrus they've got on their trees and what a wonderful season we're going to have people are telling me about all the amounts of feed joas that they've seen on around town and how big they've been as things finish as things start we need to feed and you know there's a good range of uh, slow release fertilizers out there there's some that are purpose for uh, citrus and fruit trees and there's just a good general bound uh, fertilizer that's available for everything and I just as I say you know uh, most plants would want feeding four times a year so Mm. feed feed feed.
0: Yeah, that's right. I think, um, yeah, mandarin trees and that, especially, you know, as you as the mandarins are, or any citrus are growing, they need that sort of extra, um, you know, emphasis and that extra nutrients to really get them juicy. I think, you know, when you're a kid, you have uh, a neglected tree, you always, you rip it open, the fruit, and they're dry as, and disgusting, and, like, yeah, so it's, um, I think, yeah, that feeding of, um, you know, getting really good nutrients in them really helps plump them up, and, you know, I think the Fijos are kind of one of those ones that grow ginormous sometimes without even <laughs> helping and you end up with all over your lawn um, but yes citrus for sure um, and you were talking to Brenda before actually and you're saying something about citrus trees when to prune it's, it's after they've fruited is that right yeah, or, I, yeah I generally
1: would say to people to wait until your fruit's finished mm. um, and generally all you're trying to do is still keep your shape um, a lot of citrus does struggle with it being too thick in the middle. So quite often you want to mm. just prune a few leaves out of the middle just to create the airflow going through. And then again that stops all your little bugs nesting in there in the winter time. Mm. Um, sometimes you can be a bit cheeky and run your, run your hose through it. You don't want to be too high pressure or that but just try and... Clean the tree up a little bit, mm. um, and you know you could use something like a winter oil or something just to clean the leaves and clean all those little grubbly bugs. Like
0: a, uh, a conqueror oil is quite good, I think. A spray yeah. oil, eh? like a foliar spray, um, always helps. Yeah, because you know, obviously those little bugs get into everything, and they can get into your tree, and you get uh, that mite. You know, eats the lemon, like lemon trees, especially from the inside out. Well, I can't remember what it's called, but you get your lemon tree has got holes all through the middle, and that's not going to get any anything good to the fruit and you know yeah, just with the dry dry lemons and dry uh, undersized ones as well so yeah um,
1: my, my, probably my third tip is to plant what you're going to eat you know and that's what I say to people about their vegetable gardens is work out what your family's going to eat because no point planting things you get to the garden centre and you see all the packets on the shelves and you go radishes and you see carrots and you see something else and I just say to people carrots are a 12 month thing You've got to run a row of them and I think I grew them one year or say when we had COVID lockdown the kids bought me a packet of seeds and I put them, now carrots to me are the cheaper to buy in the shops than they are Mm. putting them in your garden. Yes, So I put a row of them of course in the back of the garden, well yes I got carrots but I got carrots that were funny shapes (laughs) and of course all the insects that were in the ground were eating them as quickly as I was pulling them out. Yes. Um, yes. So I say to people, plant, you know, like generally in my garden, I plant tomatoes, beans, lettuces, spring onions. That's probably my four things. Um, I've got a standard rhubarb plant that goes all year mm-hmm. and my strawberries. And that's probably my group of things that we, we enjoy as a family to eat. Yeah, And so that's what I say to people is you, you can plant all sorts of things, but... Are you planting the things that you're actually going to eat and take into the home and enjoy with your family?
0: Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, I think that's. Um, if I was going to have a couple of tips, it's like, like you kind of said, yeah. Um, I say don't plant all your seeds at once. So if you buy, if you buy some whatever seeds you're growing, um, you know my my kids have a tendency to get the packet and empty it into the garden, <laughs> and then you've got 50, 50 um, you know. Uh, broccoli plants all grown at once and uh, you can only eat so much broccoli in one week um, that's probably uh, you know you need to uh, that's where it comes to you know timing your garden a bit I think when you you know if you're growing something you want to eat you start you know do like okay, six six this week wait a couple of weeks another six you know at the rate that you will actually eat that said plant so um, you know obviously tomato plants and stuff which produce lots of things it's you know you don't have to time that out but I think you know your brassicas your, your lettuces and your yep. and that sort of thing that you consume you know fairly regularly like during summer obviously you have a lot of salads um but you, you I don't think you need 60 lettuces at one go you kind of want to you know and that's the thing you want to space that out um and I think another thing is just yeah labeling and record keeping like make sure you uh, label when you uh, when you plant something um helps because after you come back after a few weeks and nothing's cropped up you can kind of go well what did I plant there and it might be a plant that takes a few weeks to come up or it might be something a seed that should be up by now and obviously it's not going to do anything if it hasn't come out of the ground I think Um, so I think yeah labelling record keeping what I do is I typically will take a photo with my phone if I planted something you always don't need a stake or whatever but I'll take a photo of my phone with the pot uh, with the seed bag or whatever it is you know so I can see, oh, and the phone obviously dates the photo, so you can go on this date, I must have planted these. Yep. and if uh, yeah, you know, five weeks later, your um, you know, your your uh, radish hasn't come up, you're like, well, that radish is probably toast. Um, I put some melon seeds down about six months ago, <laughs> I haven't seen anything from them. I think they're quite notoriously difficult to grow, aren't they, John?
1: Yeah, well, I've struggled. Um, I've tried to grow them. Kids again the year they bought me the carrots, they bought me watermelon seeds, and I put them in the first year, the sugar babies, so the round little black Mm. one that everybody likes, and that year I planted them what I'd consider, we had a really hot summer, um, and I planted them at the end of, say, end of December, and that year I got four, probably from a dozen plants, Um, and was pretty chuffed with (laughs) that. It's not bad. This this year (laughs) I got six. But with it being so wet, and I planted them earlier thinking that I was being a little bit clever by planting them earlier. I got six, but they never got to any decent size. Mm. You know, and it, we did open them and they did have, they were edible. But uh, I've got a friend that grows them commercially here in Hamilton. Um, and they're grafted. So I just wonder if maybe mm. for the home gardener, by all means, have a go. Yeah, um, and I'm certainly going to have another go next year, but um, the, what he tells me is that the grafted variety is generally grafted to a stronger plant. Yeah. So it gets better root growth, grows quicker for them, and they love lots and lots of water. So mm. again, we might just struggle with putting enough water into them being a home garden.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I wonder where he grafts them onto. It'd be interesting to know.
1: Uh, I think I grafted to a pumpkin, but I'd have to check that.
0: Yeah, well, that'd be that would probably make sense, and in some respect, I guess it's similar sort of size and whatever yeah. else. I'm no, <laughs> I'm no geneticist, um, but yeah, I think that's probably uh, somewhere around the yeah rounds sort of right species or whatever kind of compatible uh, plants, aren't they? Yeah, and they grow them. in a vine type system, don't they? So, um, oh, that's um, some good tips, uh, John. Thanks very much. Um, now, all right. So, just to please the boss, we better talk about gardening in terms of you know property and what it has to do. Seeing <laughs> we've probably uh, extended our stay on the um, uh, hanging out on the, in the garden. Um, yeah. You know, so, if you're intending to sell your property, uh, what do you reckon, John? Does your garden need to be immaculately curated? I oh, thank or? you. Um,
1: my my thoughts is that when we go and have a look at properties and that, that we quite often say to people. You know that um, we might look at what what their garden currently looks like, and because my um, thoughts has always been that first impressions is everything, um, and funny enough, we were talking about it today in the car when we were out looking at houses, and you know, and, and we all agreed that when we pull up and the lawns are mowed and um, there's potted colour in the garden and and the trees are all nicely shaped or they're just tidy and presentable, that mm-hmm. it gives uh, the agent first impressions is just everything mm. and so we're thinking well if it's manicured here what's it going to look like in, inside the home and normally mm. the impressions flow well all the way through um, but you know like if you're not a gardener then you might be able to get away with nice simple little things like some pots up by the front door and you can start to buy the winter color now so mm. you can start to buy polys and panthers primulas um, polyanthers and all those sorts of little things and you can buy them already in color yeah, um, and that might be you might just put two or three of those up by the front door.
0: Mm, yep. So
1: you know, I would normally say to people that, um, mow your I don't know what day you mow your lawn, but you know you are going to have the team on on a Tuesday, and we're going to have open homes on Saturday and Sunday. Mow your lawns on Friday, mm. um, and a fresh cut lawn always looks great. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, that's right. So, you know, first impressions count. Yeah. So if you're, yeah, if you are going to sell, yeah, you don't need to, I don't think you need to spend a lot of money completely uh, planning out your garden or, uh, unless, you know, you, if you're completely unlandscaped, um, yeah, I don't think there's not much point in spending thousands of dollars is there on, you know, if you've got bare beds, you yeah, no point planning everything out and you kind of might want to leave that to someone's, someone else or the new buyers, you know, uh, devices to you know, do something for themselves I guess or do you? Yeah I think most
1: people take pride in what they've got around mm-hmm. them so um, I, I know with a couple of properties I've got you know people have uh, just had a quick tidy up before they've had their photos done mm. and then pretty much left it to somebody else to do what they want um, you know in the past where I've had properties that um, have looked really good um, and then the next buyer coming in is not a gardener so you um, they know, couldn't it care, care less, could, could they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it could be there. But I think, you know, the things that I would normally think about is, you know, if you've got a really big tree or something like that, maybe just bringing it down a little bit in size. Um, mm. You know, if you've got some planter beds on the side, you know, you might be able to get away with just a bit of weed mat and a couple of bags of coloured bark. You know, don't mm. go to that, the old brown barks, I think, at its day. You can now buy coloured bark. Yes. Uh, run a bit of coloured bark up, up, the, up the driveway. Um, couple of roses you might get a couple of roses in this time of the year or something like that it doesn't need a lot but mm. it just you know the presentations everything
0: yeah that's right and um i think um you yeah, might be almost uh, giving away your um, your two truths and a lie but you know if we're talking about uh yeah it's i think yeah, first impressions last like it's a big garden you know is does a big garden add value to a house or is it sort of i guess it's the person who's buying it isn't it yeah, I think what they then. what they see if they you know if they came across, if someone comes across your uh, quarter acre section in Ellerslie, um, well today probably a developer would go oh yeah I'll take that one, <laughs> um, but you know, you know some people they might would put people off you know oh, I don't want to look after a big garden, um, you know you got to think about the buyers I guess if you know it's uh, well the maintenance uh, issue with a big garden.
1: Well, you know, and, and as we're talking to people, you know, I suppose that's been the great thing with my two backgrounds is that, you know, some people ask me about what's in the garden. And so I can wander, wander around with them and say, well, you know, hmm. these fruit trees and these are uh, general shrubs and these trees will lose their leaves in the wintertime and, and all those sorts of things. So that if they think that it's, uh, sometimes people think it's a hard garden. I might mm. say to them, "Well, actually, the people that have planted them out in stuff that doesn't drop their leaves or mm. don't need a lot of pruning, so that side of the garden you're not actually going to need to worry about." But the lawn's patchy in places, so you probably need to clean your weeds out of there, and you mm. know, if you want it looking
0: good, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but a bit of forethought when uh, people landscape their gardens and to choose their shrubs and trees, obviously helps out a lot. You know, so my neighbour when you put those whatever they are got <laughs> it drop a ton of leaves every every year he um, put them next to his pool as well which probably doesn't help um, so yeah it's probably not a big, great piece of landscaping um, but yeah a little bit of thought there can make a garden a lot less maintenance when than it could probably look so that's always a helpful tip yeah if you're yeah, if you're looking to maybe looking to sell yeah think about well, if you've just bought a property think about that when you when you're um, you know planning it out. Uh, Think about maintenance, you know, the ongoing maintenance of a garden. There can be a lot of work. You might need, you know, you have to buy a blower if you've got lots of leaves going on or all sorts of other equipment that can uh, really um, add up. You know, if you're you're about to spend money, you're going to say you've just bought a house uh, here in Hamilton um, and you're thinking about, you know, getting a good garden in, getting some plants. I know there's a few great garden centres around here that really have good local knowledge in that. Um, You know, where would you spend your money? Any place you'd like to give a plug to or...?
1: Um, well, I really like going up to the Plant Depot, which is in behind Animates up on Te Strait. So, you know, of course, everybody knows Animates. Um, and uh, around the back of that is um, the Plant Depot, where if you pop in and see Andrew or Marco. Now, Andrew uh, and I worked together at down on Katika Drive, which was a big garden centre. It stocked a big range of stuff. And the thing I like with Andrew is Andrew's um, very experienced, so he's going to help you with choosing the right plant for your garden. Um, and he does stock a good range of uh, trees and bits and pieces. Over the years when I bought, uh, when, when I buy uh, gifts for clients, I quite like to try and buy them something to put in their garden. And mm. so I bought things like Louisa plums and feed blueberries, and you know, a good range of stuff. And Andrew can help you with that sort of stuff. Um, I had a little talk to him the other night and um, and he said, you know, if you've got landscaping plans, um, and you're going to need, you know, 20, 50, 100 plants, have a talk to him, he'd do a bulk discount price for you. Mm. So, um, you know, g- get in there, have a talk to him, tell him you've t- heard us today, and I'm sure he'll help you out further.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so that's the, what's the plant place on? Uh, plant depot. plant depot on uh, T-Straight there, isn't it? Behind Animates on t Rapid Straight. Yeah, so not too far down from the base. Yep. Yeah, another one. Yeah. Cool. No, that sounds um uh, great, and uh, yeah, good, uh, good plug for uh, those chaps over there, Andrew and Marco. Go, uh, go see them. They'll help you out. Um, yeah. So just let's get on to our uh, final, uh, sort of, uh, section, uh, where we reveal our your two truths and a lie. Um, and obviously, listeners will want to be knowing what your uh, lie is, because that will help you uh, get your Dalton's uh, garden, uh, your lawn patching gold and uh, lawn mix. Um, fertilizer, uh, if you want to win that. So, yeah, what were your two truths and a lie, John? And maybe just um, tell us why uh, it's a truth and yeah, why it's a lie. Yeah.
1: So uh, my my truth was strawberry plants can still produce fruit in into April, and it's been an absolute classic this year. Um, as I say, as I said earlier, I was me and the birds were picking them today, um, and I still probably got a couple there to come. Mm. Um, So that's, you know, that's what I sort of think is, well that's happening in my garden. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, I, you know, a well-maintained garden is your first impression and every agent would tell you that, you know, you rock up, um, we're going to look at homes and you lock up and here's this absolutely manicured garden, well kept, looks good, whether it's just been planted or it's looked like that for years lawns have been mowed and it's just an absolute first impression and I think that's just everything that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, My lie, a nice garden will add value to your property. Well, um, what's the nice garden and what does it look like and what could it look like Um, and will it add value? May do and it may not do because as you say, the buyer coming in doesn't see value
0: in it. Might not see it, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think it's uh, more about, I think a nice garden adds yeah, salability maybe to a to a home like your your second uh, truth says. You know, it's a good first impression. Yeah, that impression makes it more saleable and people you know think, oh, if they are gardeners, and I think most people are generally more in favour of having a nice garden. It probably helps the salability of the house. Um, you know, instead of it looking like a negative, yeah. it looks like a positive. But I don't think necessarily a weird, Thousands of dollars, you know, unless you've got long leat, <laughs> your Monty Don and it's long leat or something or other. Uh, it's not going to add a whole lot of money. So, um, yeah, don't spend a whole lot of money on it before you go selling it. Just like you say, tidy up the place and get it yeah. presentable. Is that right? Yeah. Maybe leave it for the next person. Cool. Now that sounds great, John. Well, um, I hope our listeners are feeling a bit less green about uh, when it comes to gardening here in Hamilton. Um, And we'll wrap it up there for today. Uh, Thanks, John, for your wisdom. And to our listeners, keep your ears and eyes out for our next episode. Cheers. Thanks for joining us on the Lodge Real Estate Home Truths podcast. Learn more about today's topic and our panel guests by visiting our website, lodge.co.nz.